Hi, it's Leon Dolan, and my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical, is out now and available everywhere. People Magazine chose it as an April pick of the month, one of the best this week, a hopeful take on commitment, they said, and an innovative story about marriage. Mmm, sounds juicy. The Marriage Sabbatical, out now, available everywhere. You're listening to Satellite Sisters. What's a Satellite Sister? The person you call when the best thing in your life happens or the worst. The person that gets you up, gets you going, and gets you through. And every once in a while, changes your mind. This podcast is part pep talk, part weekly check-in. Like grabbing coffee with a friend. Thanks for being here. Welcome to the Satellite Sisterhood. You're listening to Satellite Sisters. Great to be with you today. I'm Leanne Dolan here in beautiful Pasadena, California. I mean, spring has sprung here and it's gorgeous. Uh, I'm a writer. I'm a producer. I'm a wisteria enthusiast. And this is my season. And I want to ask you, sisters, it's St. Patrick's Day this week. Dolan's huge celebrators. (laughs) Julie, you got green beer all over you. I know it. So what is your favorite thing about St. Patrick's Day? Julie, you have- Hi, this is Julie Dolan. I'm in Dallas, uh, Texas. Uh, I'm a podcaster. And Lee, and I have to say, for me, it's going with the fake Irish brogue, which I love to do on St. Patrick's Day. You know, I was rewatching some of those Irish spring ads where they go, you remember those? Irish spring. And I (laughs) like it too. Wow. Don't quit your day job. (laughs) See what I mean? I'm going to have fun. Some some of the Irish spring ads, there's a whole YouTube channel now, Liz, of Irish spring ads. Okay. Really? Wow. Okay. All right. Well, this is Liz Dolan. I'm the middle sister. I'm in Santa Monica. I am a marketer. And I got to say, St. Patty's Day. It's all about the music for me. Come on. The music, you got to admit, that's a it's wonderful. Irish music. It's a great holiday for great music. I mean, we grew up in a house where like the only albums are dad or dad. <laughs> oh, there were two. He had Jacques Brel is alive and well and living in blah, blah, blah. OK, so they either played that or it was the Clancy Brothers, right? Mm-hmm. Clancy yes. Brothers, morning, noon and night. So I love me a good Clancy Brothers tune. <laughs> OK. I have to say, I enjoy Irish soda bread. I just, oh, it's oh. so basic. It's I like of- it too, Liam. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was going to say something about cooked raisins, but never mind. <laughs> oh. Okay. Maybe you'll do the whole show in that uh, <laughs> fetching brogue. No, okay. I've only... <laughs> All right. Uh, Today on the show, we're going to do a couple of follow-ups. We talked about normal Indiana last week. We have some breaking news on normal Indiana. Um, Julie, finally, one of us is tackling crypto. Thanks, Julie. Yes. Oh, yeah. I mean, we're going to have a big crypto and NFT discussion later in the show. My My head is spinning already. Great. And then Liz, you sort of got a back channel, um, safe for work kind of question that you're going to tackle on air here. Yeah, I think it has a lot of issues related to women and work and marriage and work. And so I thought we could all talk about it together. Mm-hmm. We have some entertaining sister recommendations, uh, some updating of the book tour news and a couple of um, just sort of show notes about what's going to be happening on Satellite Sisters this month. So stay with us. Uh so, but um, Liz, speaking of St. Patty's Day, what's happening? You have a special St. Patrick's Day cooking yes. with Liz. 
Breaking St. Patty's Day news from the Cooking with Liz desk. Well, when I realized, you know, I normally try to do the show on Thursday nights, 5 p.m. Pacific time. But it's it, when I realized that this Thursday was St. Patrick's Day, I thought need to give it a St. Patty's Day theme. Absolutely. And I thought about making soda bread and then thought, I'm never going to make soda bread again. Why should I learn how to make soda bread? Yeah, you I know? never learned. No, just go that's, buy it. Yeah, so that's, that's yeah. one of those things that you got to buy. <laughs> you know, then you get into like your lamb stew. And that, I'm not into that. Then I thought, well, I could make a bunch of potato jokes and just make potatoes. And no, I'm not going to do that. I thought back to the one time I visited Ireland. I went there on vacation once with my friend Catherine. We drove all over. The most delicious food we had in Ireland, especially on the west coast of Ireland, was the oysters, sister. Mm. It's, it's just oh. they have the most delicious seafood in general in Ireland. But those cold Atlantic waters off the west coast of Ireland, the oysters were insane. One mm. day we went to that tourist trap called the Cliffs of Moher. You know, the oh, really yeah. dramatic cliffs. Yeah. And so, so then you're in. I oh, think that sounds fun. The way you just <laughs> tourist it. trap. Oh, such memories, Liz. Because they look beautiful in movies. They are. They are. So, no, it was worth going. You're driving through County Clare. It's the drive there and back, even though I was doing all the driving on the wrong side of the street. So I could hardly look at anything because I was just trying to not run into one of those adorable stone walls they have everywhere. Anyway, so we we went to Cliffs of Moher. We're driving back to where we were staying in Galway City. And we stopped for lunch at this little just roadside place. I wish I knew the name of it, but I believe, because I looked it up this morning on YouTube, I believe the name of the town was Doolin. Believe oh, it or well, not. there is. Yes, there yes. is a Doolin. So yeah. we, we stopped in Doolin and we had like the most delicious lunch I've ever had. And wow. it really was wow. just oysters and salmon. And I think about whiskey. That. Did you have whiskey with it? <laughs> Not if you're driving on the wrong side of the street. Okay. <laughs> I don't recommend that. I don't recommend it. Anyway, so um, so then I was Googling around and I found this Irish TV show called Find It, Cook It. And it's these two guys that are like foraging for food around Ireland. And episode one is the oysters of, of that part of the country. So I'm going to put the link to the show in uh, in the show notes, because they made the point, sisters, that the native oysters there in Ireland, they've been in these waters for 4,000 years, right? So it's not, uh, that's a big deal. And they said the definition of an Irish barbecue, I thought this was funny, was basically beer and oysters in the rain. Oh, that's my, <laughs> land, that's my landline ringing. I didn't even know that was still, did not even know that was still hooked up. Okay, okay. So it's Ireland calling. Okay, <laughs> we're just carry on. <laughs> anyway, so so beer and oysters in the rain. I thought, okay, well, there's your St. Patrick's Day if you're actually in Ireland. So what I'm going to do, just to cut to the Ooh. chase, Thursday, <laughs> Thursday night, 5 p.m. on the Satellite Sisters YouTube channel, I'm going to teach myself to shuck oysters. Oh, brother. So, <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, Liz. Liz. You know, danger. Do you have any equipment, Liz? Have you gotten on the blower to get yourself? Some what do I need? I mean, I know I need oh. the fancy knife, right? 
Oh, Liz, Liz, well, you, you got to watch some uh, YouTube videos because otherwise you won't have any digits left after the end of it. I mean, it will make for a great TV, Liz. That's uh, what I thought, Joel. That's exactly what I was thinking. No, but my son, Nick, loves to shuck our oysters. OK, uh, but he has equipment. He has an oyster glove. He has an oyster knife and he has an oyster board where you secure the oyster. So as you're trying to apply pressure to open up the oyster, oh. you don't slice your hand off. So. Oh. Oh, okay. Well, I'm going to have to get on the blower. You're right. Oyster okay. board. I've never even heard of that. Anyway, that's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to, so I may not cook anything though. Leon sent me this amazing recipe for how to grill oysters. Grill oysters are delicious. Yes. Yeah. But that, I don't think I can go out on my terrace. I don't think I can shoot that. It's too complicated. No, it's well, not when you're bleeding have... to death. Yeah, yeah. Not when oh, you're... I know. I know. I... Anyway, so this was a very long promotion for eating yes, oysters on St. Patrick's Day. Okay. So, sorry about that, but that's what I'm doing this week. Thank you for asking. Okay. <laughs> okay, is the show over or can I tell no, you I don't... about my spring thanks, break? Thanks for being here today. And... <laughs> okay. Spring break. Leanne. It was spring break this weekend, and I went on spring break with Liz, okay? Yep, that's great. And I recommend this, okay? You know, spring break, what do you want? You want sun and fun. That's a lot of people all over the country, that's what they're seeking. So, um, but I didn't really make any plans till about three weeks ago, and then all of a sudden, I had a plan, and I called up Liz, and I asked her a question. I said, do you, hey, this is really a uh, short notice, but do you want to join us, my husband and I, at the Indian Wells? I had not even gotten out the words tennis tournament before Liz said yes. Okay. Yes. That's what, that's what it's like going on spring break with Liz. You know, she's just all in right from the beginning. Now, okay, just so listeners don't get upset. I, of course, was thinking of you, Leon, as right. well, yes. but I know you're writing a book, so you were not invited on spring break weekend, okay? Right. So, Leon, I hadn't even gotten to the part about Palm Springs. Liz, within 32 minutes, had already booked her hotel in Palm Springs, okay? <laughs> That's the way it is with on spring break with Liz Dolan, okay? There's a lot of excitement. There's a lot of uh, momentum about this. And for those that are not tennis fans, the Indian Wells Tennis Tournament is now, it's one of the most popular major tournaments. Uh, they call it the fifth major behind the U.S. Open, Wimbledon, French Open, and the Australian Open. You get all the big players go. It's in Palm Springs, which is... So that's just a short drive for me. A couple of hours, boom, I'm there. Right, right. And so it is an amazing thing to go to. Other thing when you go on spring break with Liz is she has her own transpo. She gets right. her own things. This this was a very, you know, I would say you don't just show up at this event. There were multiple apps, right, Liz? We had oh my God. We had we had there to was have, just downloading. You had to download the ticket app. Then you had to download the event app. And then you had to download the vaccine verification app. And so then a parking app as oh, a parking app a parking app yeah so four different apps okay and no cash at all at this event you are not allowed to use cash which really threw my husband off he likes right. he, he likes enjoys cash cash, cash is king cash. yeah but <laughs> 
um, it uh, first, first of all, it's spectacular weather. We got the sun part of it. We got the fun part of it. Um, you get players from all all over the world coming. And you know what else you get? You get fans from all over the world. So it has a really nice oh. international yes. feel about it. You know, there, you know, there are people that are, you know, in cheering in all kinds of languages for all their favorite players. Um, and, you know, that was that made it very special for us. I mean, a lot of Spanish flags, Leon. We saw Rafa Nadal. Oh, a lot of Spanish flags in the audience, which is oh, great. great. Yeah, that adds a certain, yeah, you know, je ne sais quoi. I didn't know that about Indian Wells. Like I knew the players showed up, but I didn't know the fans showed up. The so fans cool. show up. There was a great deal of support for the Ukrainian players. Mm-hmm. Um, the Ukrainian players were playing in the uh, in the country's colors of yellow and blue, and they were flying the Ukrainian flag, um, you know, in support of all of the Ukrainian players. But yes, and we met with we were with um, friends who um, who are actually from Spain, and so when we were watching the Rafa Nadal event, knew how to say "vamos, Rafa" <laughs> in a way that sounded very authentic, you know. So. You know, it's the kind of thing where you watch tennis and then you can move from watching it in a stadium to watching it uh, in, a, you know, smaller venues. And you can be up close and personal with all kinds of players, both men and men and women. Didn't you think it was great, Liz? It was it was really great. Really fun. We saw Emma Raducanu, who won the U.S. Open last year. She was I was saying Adorable. like. She can get down so low with her shots that my knees hurt just watching her, <laughs> you know, but it was a lot of fun to see her. We walked around to some of the other courts. When you see the pros play doubles, it's so unbelievably fast. You, your head is just whipping around. Is so. it better than pickleball, Julie? <laughs> absolutely, Leanne. Okay. Was, absolutely. It will never it well, yes, it was amazing. It was, this was all tennis, no pickleball here. This is a great event for Satellite Sisters. There were lots of groups of women's tennis teams there, you know, just enjoying themselves, being together on a little road trip. I think that was fun. But also, it was so fun to be with Liz. And although Liz has never, it was never your sport playing tennis, Liz. No. But, you know, you can take Liz to any sporting event and she's got, like, you know, such deep knowledge of that event that, you know, she just is so interesting to be sitting next to. Right. <laughs> I mean, you knew you knew tidbits about all kinds of players. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, but Julie, at one point, you know, how you can buy those like things you hang on your ear now and you're getting the live radio broadcast. You're getting the play by play and it's free. And Julie's like, you think we need those? I'm like, no, because you do that. <laughs> I don't. Need, I'm getting that from you. I'm getting the that was a swinging volley that should have gone deeper. It's constant flow of analysis, like game strategy analysis from Julie when you're sitting next to Julie. So it was it was all good. And we went for it because we were in Palm Springs. We were staying in a giant resort. Lee and this resort was so big that to get to the pool, you had to take uh, like a jungle cruise boat. To get there. <laughs> I mean, wow. I, that seems I mean, out of took, character. It took but... like 20 minutes to get to our hotel rooms. We, you know, that was a miscalculation. <laughs> Next time we're going to downgrade the hotel. Yeah. Uh, but it was a great, a great spring, a spring break event. Uh, great to be with Liz. Great, you know, great to be out in the sun and the fun and watching great tennis. And we missed you, Liam. Yes. Oh, it's okay. I was working. I was writing all weekend. So yes, thank you for not tempting us because it would have made me sad, but uh, it wouldn't have been any fun. Um, did you get any merch? 
Oh, of course, land. Yes, you yeah, get, you yeah, have yeah. to. I mean, they have a giant. They have everything on the grounds there. They have a, yeah. like a giant stores. They had set. You know, I don't know how many different restaurants from mm. hamburgers to Nobu. You know, they even had the Bryan brothers, who are the world's best American. You know, world's best doubles players ever. Okay, well, they have a rock band now, and they had the oh, Bryan right. brothers playing in their rock band. It was Happy hour, Leon. It was Ryan adorable. Brother. It was it was all happening there it was really really fun so yeah. you know in the merch in the merch tent though leon they did have some pickleball material <laughs> yeah, i'm sure they did they don't want to alienate the pickleballers no. <laughs> one big it happy wasn't family. happening it wasn't happening there it's all good <laughs> well that sounds fun i'm glad you guys had uh had that fun trip very spontaneous um, very last minute so i enjoyed that part of it too right Right. All right. I wanted to do a quick follow up on normal Indiana. So do you remember last week I was doing like unexpected foodie towns, right? Surprising foodie towns. And one was Bloomington, normal Indiana. And I just made the comment who names a city normal? Like I've Mm -hmm. never understood. It's technically two cities. Okay. So I have two pieces of follow up. One comes from professor Jenny. Okay. She said, there's a women's history in Bloomington, normal. It's called normal because that's where the normal school was. Normal schools were the original teacher training academies. They were based on the French les écoles normales, meaning that they were trying to norm or standardize teacher training. Wow, that's really interesting. Yeah, yeah. So these schools gave freedom to thousands of women and opened up a teaching profession to them. And also, as Jenny said, because she's a professor in parentheticals, uh, it must be said they brought bondage as they were recruited to teach because they were willing to do it for low wages because they had no other choice. Okay, thank you, Jenny. We needed that perspective, but that is where it is. And she signs off Satellite Sisters by Night, Professor History of Education Professor by Day. So thank you, Jenny. Very interesting. And then... I got a text from my friend, Danielle. You guys know Danielle. She's been my friend here in Pasadena for 25 years. She listens to the show. She texted me. She goes, I grew up in normal Indiana. Okay. I was like, that is where you were from. Like I knew you were from Indiana, but the whole state to me is just the set of breaking away. I don't, I don't know really that much about Indiana. And so, and she said, yeah, I went to normal high school was her high school. And she said, that's hilarious. And she said on the cover of her high school yearbook, there's like in quotations, there's a joke quote. And it says, you're from where? (laughs) They all have t-shirts that say normal on them. How nice. That would be good. Who knew? Who knew? 25 years did not know she was from there. (laughs) So there you go. Thank you, Jenny. And thank you, Danielle, for adding to uh, our knowledge base here at Satellite Sisters. It's nice when people just write in and respond, right? We love it. What's our email address? Hello. Our our email is hello at SatelliteSisters.com. And that all comes to me and we sort it from there. Yeah, yeah. Liz distributes. Hello mm-hmm. at SatelliteSisters.com. You can also stay connected to us by subscribing to Pep Talk. So head on over to SatelliteSisters.com and a subscription window pops up. Just put your name in there. Uh, we have an Instagram account at Sat Sisters that we post at. We, of course, have this private Facebook group. That's just a font of information. You do have to answer um, the questions to get in. Uh, again, I love our answers. I love our group. Uh, 
how do you listen to the podcast? I don't know that purple thing on my phone. I like it. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> fine. No judgment. Just curious. Okay. <laughs> and then we have the YouTube channel now, the Satellite Sisters YouTube channel. Which so is going to be gonna... so exciting this Thursday night when Liz slices her hand open. <laughs> Could be. I might Maybe. have to have some medical help standing by. I would. Hey. Maybe Bernard used to work in a hospital. My get, neighbor. Get Bernard. Get Maybe Bernard. I could have, I mean, he's a respiratory therapist, but he could probably bandage me up. Well, he'd be good when you start to panic when you see the blood pouring out of you. <laughs> it's going to be, it's going to be useful because I love oysters and I want to learn how to shuck them. I, I believe in you, Liz. I believe in you. Okay. Liz and Leanne here, and we are so grateful to have Osea support Satellite Sisters. Why? Because it's just a great product. Holy cow, do we, we love Osea's skin and body care. And you know what? This Mother's Day, just look no further than Osea. Spoil the moms in your life with the little luxuries from Osea. The moms, the stepmoms, the bonus moms, the people who bring a touch of something special to your life aunts, grandmothers, they would love a little Osea this Mother's Day. And you can get 10% off your first order by using our code SATSisters at OseaMalibu.com. And Liz, you know what every mother and mother figure needs? What? More moisture, Liz. They need more moisture in their skin. <laughs> in no their kidding. Skin. I mean, really, the creams, the lotions, the oils, I love it all. That duo they have going, oh. like you can't miss with the duo of Osea. Liz, the mega moisture duo, yes. you can you can literally see your skin get firmer and it just delivers this full body glow. Okay. You know, we have raved about the Andaria algae body oil. Mm -hmm. Well, pair that with the Andaria collagen body oil. Youthful, yeah. Liz, a youthful yeah. glow is going to happen. <laughs> and it's infused with Osea's signature Andaria seaweed. So it just smells so delicious, doesn't it? I know you're talking about giving it as a gift. I also suggest just giving it to yourself <laughs> because you're worth it. <laughs> that's, that's true. That is absolutely true. Okay, that moisture duo I mentioned too is a great value because you can save 16% plus the extra 10% with our code Sad Sisters. So this is it. This is a win-win-win Mother's Day gift. Spoil the moms in your life with clean vegan skincare and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with the code SATSisters at oseamalibu.com. And you get free samples in every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Osea is spelled O-S-E-A. So head on over to oseamalibu.com and use code SATSisters for 10% off. Thanks, Osea. Liz, you know we love talking about Framebridge, don't we? We do. <laughs> because, because there are just so many fun things to frame, Leon, aren't there? Right. Anything. You can just upload a digital photo from your phone and they can print it and frame it. And that is a gift right there, a gift people would love getting. But Liz, you recently had quite an exciting Framebridge experience. Would I, I you did. like to share? Would you like you know, to? I talked about how when we were at the Bruce Springsteen concert, I was with our brother Dick, his wife Susan, his two kids, and one of the roadies threw us the set list at the end of the show, which was amazing to get the actual set list for the actual concert in Los Angeles. And we're like, oh, yeah, any day now, that's going to be in a place of honor in their home. Sure enough, Leon, they have already frame-bridged it and sent it to us with a picture. 
So I'll be in Bend next week, so I'll get to see it. But it's just excellent use of the Framebridge resources, the Bruce Springsteen set list. Fantastic. And this is gift giving season. So if you have a graduation coming up, a wedding, a shower, Mother's Day, Father's Day, look around. I'm sure you have something fun you can frame and Framebridge can do it for you. It's easy and it's affordable to frame just about anything. You get fair and transparent upfront pricing based on the size of your item. There's a great selection of frames. And as we've said in the past, fast service, free shipping, great for gifts. Mm -hmm. And guess what? Liz, not many things in life give you a happiness guarantee, but Framebridge does. If you're not 100% happy with your piece, they will make it right. So if this but sounds like- you're going to be happy, okay? Yeah. And that's just the Satellite Sisters promise. You're going to be out. You're going to be happy you did it. See why Framebridge has been trusted to frame over 2 million pieces. Visit framebridge.com or see a local Framebridge store to get started and custom frame just about anything, like a Bruce Springsteen set list. That's framebridge.com. Thanks, Framebridge. We're back. This is Leanne. Julie and Liz are here. Um, oh, this week was the International Women of Courage Ceremony in Washington, D.C. Now, longtime satellite misters and sisters will know that I've been working on this as an event for the last seven years. Uh, the State Department gives away, uh, honors these incredible female leaders from all over the world, usually between eight and 12 leaders. They bring them to Washington, D.C. There's a big ceremony there. And then the, an organization I belong to, an NGO, raises funds for these women, and we throw them a big celebration in Los Angeles a couple of weeks after they arrive in the States. So this year, of course, they could not come to the United States for the second year in a row because of the pandemic. Many of them are coming from countries that don't even have vaccines yet. They just didn't have the standards. And then, of course, there was this giant international incident, which wouldn't have made it safe for many of them to travel. But yesterday at the State Department, they still had the ceremony with Secretary of State Blinken and First Lady Jill Biden speaking and then introducing these remarkable, courageous female leaders from all over the world. I just find it so inspirational, but also just personally connects me to the world in a different way. You know, yeah, since yeah. I've been working on this, I've had the opportunity to meet many of these women in person, women coming from Colombia who are environmental justice warriors there in Colombia. Or this year, you know, there's an incredible woman from Brazil. She's a female prosecutor from Brazil fighting government corruption. There's a foreign minister from Liberia. Like, imagine how hard it is to like run and organize a new government in Liberia. She's a foreign minister there. I mean, I've met extraordinary women from Yemen, you know, from, really from all over the place. There have right. been 80 countries, 160 women. You meet them, we interact, we're able to stay in touch with these women thanks to social media in many cases. So it just is a very personal way to interact with the news of the day. And mm -hmm. in 2014, one of the International Women of Courage was from Ukraine. And she has been um, all over Facebook when when they went through their that the war insurgency in 2014, she would sing the Ukrainian national anthem every day, like as like live on Facebook. She was a singer. And for that, you know, she could have been killed and you know, she mm -hmm. risked her life just to do that. So she was named an international women of courage and she's continued to do that um, this year. So just a very personal way to connect with the world. And these women yeah. are fighting for human rights, and peace and security, the rule of law. So many of them are doing anti-corruption, like 
gender equity and equality and fighting gender-based violence and human trafficking. I mean, this is hard work that they're doing every day. And they put so much at risk. I think when you look at the stories and the environments in which they're operating, they really are putting their lives and their families' lives at risk doing this work. Right. And many of it, like almost every year, there's one woman who is in jail is given the honor, but she is jailed. Yeah. You know, this year, the woman from Vietnam uh, is in jail. So um, it's just extraordinary tales. So there will be a link in the show notes to the story of the 12 women this year. Sadly, they won't be coming to the States, but our event will feature um, four International Women of Courage alumni who happen to be in the States. We're bringing them to Los Angeles. One's a filmmaker from Afghanistan. One's a human rights activist from Yemen. Um, one is a uh, one is a journalist from Kosovo who's mm-hmm. working in New York. Uh, so we're bringing in a bunch of alumni. We'll be able to talk to them and try to, you know, lift up the spirits and lift up the voices of the women from 2022, even though we can't meet them. But it's an extraordinary list of women. You can watch the whole ceremony online from the State Department. Um, both Secretary Blinken and First Lady Jill Biden had wonderful things to say. So. Right. In the in the middle of a war, it's hard to pull that off. Yeah. So the yeah. uh, the women we're working with at the State Department did an extraordinary job to carry on because this was supposed to be two weeks ago yeah. and it was canceled because of events. So anyway, just a personal way to connect with the news of the day. Oh, thank you, Leanne. Well, you know, uh, given the ongoing war in Ukraine, I wanted to recommend an outstanding article that was that's in The New Yorker and it's called The Weakness of the Despot. And it's written, uh, it's an interview, David Remnick, uh, who has written the fantastic book, Lenin's Tomb, The Last Days of the Soviet Empire. He interviews a professor at Princeton University history professor, Stephen Kotkin, uh, who has written multiple books about Russia and Stalin in particular, and is really a leading expert. And this just has such great insights about Russia, about Putin, and how to understand this invasion, you know, which is, in, according to Stephen Kotkin, is sort of a straight line from Peter the Great to Stalin to Putin. And, uh, you know, he has a quote in there where he says, uh, Stephen uh, uh, Kotkin says, the shock is not so much that this has cha- that things have changed, it's yet that this same pattern is going on over and over again in Russia. Mm. So I would say read every word of this uh, because I think it will provide great insight about what's happening today and great insight about what may happen in the future. Um, so that's, and thanks to Liz, okay. link. it's in the New Yorker magazine. It's called The Weakness of the Despot. But it's an interview um, conducted by David Remnick uh, of Stephen Kotkin, but really well done, really interesting to read. And I like the interview style. It's, you know, a little less dense and makes it more readable, I think. Yeah. You know? Great. Thank you, Julie. Yeah. Good so, recommendation. Yeah. But well, now you're going to give us the scoop on crypto, right? Well, here's the thing that during all this global turmoil, the invasion uh, in Iraq, China threatening sanctions, you know, Iran sent rockets into our U.S. consulate in Kurdistan, volatile markets, inflation, gas prices. Sisters, who do we turn to? OK, I, I, I'm going to answer that for you. The answer is Gwyneth, Reese 
and Mila. Okay, you know who I'm talking about. Mm. You're to, we're talking about celebrities. Mm. Uh, here's what, I, the, what I'm talking about. There was an, a Wall Street Journal article about how a number of celebrity females are now promoting crypto, okay, as the solution to the future. Crypto and NFTs, the non-fungible to tokens that people are investing and speculating on. And so stick with me. Okay. Here's what, here's what, like, uh, what you, these, uh, you learned this this week, right? So good. Okay. <laughs> well, crypto, no, I've heard I am financial advice from people like Gwyneth Paltrow, who, uh, who is the, who's a colonic enthusiast <laughs> and who is, you know, has a $2,400 spirit animal ring on her website and, uh, you know, is into steaming all parts of her body that, you know, I usually just don't take financial advice from that kind of thing. But what Gwyneth and Mila and Kunis and Reese Witherspoon are say, uh, saying is that this is a whole new world, crypto, NFTs, and it's kind of a guy's world. Like they created this, you know, unregulated Wild West uh, way to trade. And, you know, that is not, you know, it's outside government sanctions or regulations. And if women don't get into this, they are going to be totally, you know, they're going to miss the next big thing. That this is a way that people are accumulating vast sums of wealth. Okay. Uh, and, and that if women don't learn how to do this, they're going to be left out of the game. And it's going to be another guy's thing. What do you think about that? I, I don't know. <laughs> like, okay, that is a really good pitch. When you put it that way, you think, well, you should at least understand it and know about it. But I don't know. I have a very close friend who you guys know who like sat in on a webinar with Gwyneth explaining all of this wow. and she said she got off the webinar and was super fired up like okay this is it and then go talk to a woman she knew who was a real financial expert whose point was oh my god no do not do that <laughs> <laughs> so yeah if it's really going to be like the currency of the future we need to understand it i personally am not ready to start moving Moving, moving my own cash money into crypto money. Eh, I don't know. I don't yeah. know. Leon, Leon, do you have well, a POV on this? Our, our investment group is actually, you know, I'm in the all women's investment club, right? Yes. And uh, we are actually having a guest speaker next meeting who's going to talk to us about crypto uh -huh. because I think about half of our members are very excited. And I am the part that is not very excited because I remember Beanie Babies and they were supposed to be yes. out. <laughs> yes. And I spent a good portion, many hours in line at McDonald's getting those Happy Meals to collect those Beanie Babies. <laughs> and if you like some of those NFTs, they're in the closet right here. I'd be happy to sell you those NFTs. I mean, I don't know, like especially the NFTs. When I see people listing their jobs as like, well, I was a lawyer, but now I'm creating NFTs. I was like, so you're not really an artist either. It's just, you're just, what, what is it? It's just people who can't spend crypto anywhere buying stuff. I don't know. I mean, created. I mean, it's that very confusing. It me. is. So it is confusing. I do take book recommendations from Reese with, with yeah. her. I like her book recommendations <laughs> yeah. and she's involved in NFTs because she wants more women artists to be able to benefit from this whole currency trading. Sure. Uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. So that. that, that seems 
that seems like a good goal. But again, it's highly speculative, yeah. speculative. Yeah. it's not regulated, that it, this is the kind of environment that's ripe for fraud and for misuse and all other forms of bad stuff. Uh, that's I would have to say in my expert, non-expert opinion. <laughs> so, but I think we need, I, you know, the article did prompt me to think I, I would like to learn more about this. Right. You know? yes. I mean, I would like to uh, figure, figure this out, uh, you know, and then there's the whole issue of like people not paying taxes well, it, who are dealing in cryptocurrency. I certainly don't need the IRS uh, um, uh, involved in my life. Uh, so uh, this would be something else to consider just seems like a giant money laundering scheme to me. I know it's more than that, but I just kind of get stuck on that. Yeah, we've been right. wrong about every uh, techno technological <laughs> advance in the yeah. last 20 years on this show. OK, so we're going to so laugh. in 2032 when you're listening to this. I know when 2024, Liz, when we're listening to this. <laughs> and, that, and that is how people trade, uh, yeah. uh, you know, but so but I think to, you know, to be committed to learning more about it, I think it's a good thing to do and not not having women be left out because it was created by some, you know, tech bros. Bros. Yes. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Okay. Money laundering bros. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's harsh. We don't have evidence that they're like, money laundering. We don't know. We don't know what I think is it is on. by definition money. OK. All right. Okay. You're right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we should understand it. Can we move into something a little more practical when it comes yes. to money and finances? So I got a letter, as as many of you know, I did a podcast called Safe for Work. So it was workplace advice. And I still occasionally get like a back channel email, someone asking me for advice. And most of the time, you know, I don't bring it to Satellite Sisters, but this is a longtime Satellite Sister listener who wrote to me and had what I thought was an interesting sort of personal dilemma that you guys would also have a perspective on that I don't have. So I want to share some of the facts with you. I'm going to have some advice and then I'm going to ask your advice on a specific part of it. So I'm just going to refer to her as insurance boss. So insurance boss wrote in and she said, I started working for a Fortune 500 company in their life insurance division 16 years ago. Um, I've earned several promotions and worked my way up to the highest level of underwriter. I've also earned two advanced designations along the way, equivalent to a master's degree in my industry. Now I'm in leadership. I train all the new members. My reviews have been glowing and I felt quite happy with the whole situation. Now where things get uncomfortable. And then she describes how her husband started working for the same company nine years ago. He joined in underwriting, which is different than what she does. Um, but he has also done well and worked his way up, but he has no advanced designation. And he was only recently promoted to be just one title behind me. So she wanted me to know, as of his last promotion, he now makes more money than I do. To summarize, I have a longer tenure a higher title, more education, and more responsibility, but he's bringing home the bacon. So again, her beef is not with her husband. I'm going to get to that. This is more, she's like, I like my job, but I don't know if I like it well enough to be paid less than I'm worth. Good point, insurance boss. I, I would definitely uh, reconfirm that. As we are getting closer to retirement, 
every increase bumps up our pension as well as our 401k. So it doesn't seem like a lot now will definitely add up over the next 15 years. So what should I do in this situation? And the four choices she gives is, do I ask my boss for a raise? Do I presume my husband's division pays more and request a transfer? Do I look for a position elsewhere for more money in another company? Or do I keep my mouth shut and just be thankful for it, for work that I like? So four is totally out, insurance boss. Don't even think <laughs> about keeping your mouth shut. I would say my answers to these questions are yes, no, yes, no. You know, but here's the deal. One, two, and three really all involve getting more information. So when you say, do I presume his division pays more? You don't have to presume. You can find out. There's so much of this information is findable now, or there are websites like Open Door, there are companies that publish some of their information. So I think it's time to do some research and it's time to ask your boss for a raise. But here's the key thing. It's not based on what your husband makes. Uh, it's based on industry standards and the research that you have done, you know, because it could be that like, if you can go in and prove that doing the same job somewhere else, you'd be paying, you'd be paid 20% more then your company would have to take that seriously. But also, you know, we all know that staying at the same company for a long time sometimes does result in just getting paid less than the market. So Sadly, the best way to get a big raise is always to change companies. So I remember interviewing someone on Safer Boss, who's uh, Safer Work, who said, you should always know what you're worth. And she recommended always kind of lightly be looking for work because then you're sort of out in the market and understanding. So I would say research your field, imagine what your pitch would be to your boss, and then make that pitch in a way that has nothing to do with your husband, nothing to do with your personal situation. And I put a link in the show notes about how to ask for a raise and it's very helpful and there's a script there. So that's that, those are the basics. Now I wanna get to the sticky part of the situation, sisters. She said, also, if I ask for a raise based on what I know he makes, will that stunt him from advancement and future raises? He is a very hard worker it's not that I think he doesn't deserve what he has. It's just that I work hard too. And I feel like I deserve to be on the same scale. So here's my question for you too. I think I've already said, you don't ask for a raise based on what he makes. Don't even think about that insurance boss. But inside a marriage, what is this like? Like, what is this? What does this feel like? Do you have advice for her? Oh, I, I don't have any advice. I just have empathy. I must be terrible. Yeah, I mean, that's it, it just it, it just really must be demoralizing. It, it must be demoralizing. There's no other way to say it, that it, it's one thing if he worked somewhere else or you can make all these justifications, but the same company, the same industry. Oh, it just must be demoralizing. So I, I'm sure she's figured out how to deal with it. But every once in a while, I must make her crazy. Yeah. So I don't do an advice show, Liz, like you do. So I'm gonna, no. that's all I'm going to say. I'm very empathetic to this. Uh, must be I, I would say it's good news that she knows that. I mean, mm -hmm. she might not have asked, asked the raise unless she was put in this sticky situation with mm -hmm. her husband. Like mm -hmm. if someone else, a coworker might not have disclosed uh, that, you know, they were, they're making more than she is. So, you know, if you flip it around that way, 
the fact that her husband works there and is making more money, at least now she can do go and get the advice that you've given her. So, um, you know, that's uh, it's not all bad. That's what I would say. And uh, it it may prompt her to do something because she is living with someone who, you know, she's she's facing that situation every day. And and she's you know, you would never want to get in a position where you were resenting your husband because of a work work thing. Family first, work. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. That's my, that's my take. Yeah. And she has to rehearse that script over and over again. So she doesn't say the word husband. That's (laughs) just don't say the word husband. Don't say the word husband. Don't say the word husband. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Cause you know what insurance boss I'm guessing that it's not just your husband that's getting paid more than you, you know, chances are, it could be that everyone in that division gets paid more than you, which Correct. Would, be, which would be a good thing to know. Or it could be that all the men in the company get paid more than all the women in the company. Also a good thing to know. So it's really not about your husband, though. Yes, it's good that you know that your husband's situation so that you can sort of look across the whole company and think, huh, what really is going on here? And another thing I'll throw in, I remember a friend of mine who was a big boss at a company one time telling me the story that she's like, I looked around at all of my senior employees and I realized the men were all getting paid more than the women. And she said, I couldn't believe that that's what I had done. And then I realized it's because the men are constantly coming in and asking for raises and the women are not. So I would say this insurance boss, don't be afraid to ask for a raise. We are way less likely to do that. We think it's going to make us unpopular or we just are willing to do your option number four, which is just shut up and be grateful. That's not a good strategy. Guys never do that. Guys never do that. So, yeah, I would say you, you know, rehearsing, 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 which is what this article I put in the show notes tells you to do, too. And also go talk to some other people at other companies. You know, if you've been at one company for a long time, it might be really fun to go somewhere else. Mm. You might find that you could get a huge raise out of doing something like that. But, um, but good luck. I mean, thank and you let us know. Everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Let us know. Very, very interesting situation. Maybe she could get that raise in crypto. <laughs> what do you think? Yeah. 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 I don't know. Good, what good I think. advice, Leanne. Good advice. I'll, I'll, I'm going to check with Gwyneth. I'll get back to you. Okay. Hey, it's Liz and Leanne here, and we want to thank Pros for supporting this episode of Satellite Sisters. Now, you know, Liz, I've been out and about with my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical. Mm-hmm. The book is getting rave reviews. I'm very happy. But you know what else is getting rave reviews? My hair, Liz, my hair from pros is getting rave reviews. Lynn, I am not surprised. You have been on that pros hair regimen for quite a while. I mean, you have good hair anyway, but now you have great hair because you've really paid attention to it. Well, Liz, pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do from their in-depth consultation to their made-to-order model. And you know what? I love the regimen they have me on. Do I take the hair vitamins every day? Yes, I do. Do I use my shampoo and conditioner made especially for Leon Dolan? Yes, I do. Do I sometimes use the leave-in conditioner when my hair's really dry? I do. And I even have a pre-scalp thing that they give me. Okay, pros, you're the boss. I'll take it. (laughs) You tell me what my hair needs. That sounds good. And here's the thing. 
It's personalization, Liz. For yeah. millions of possible formulas, only one is uniquely Lian's. Okay. And I'm I'm using it. Pros mm-hmm. isn't just better for you, it's also better for the planet, Liz. They're a certified B Corp, cruelty free, and the first and only carbon neutral custom beauty brand. So pros, we love you. I love the photos of my hair. Couldn't be happier. <laughs> photos of your hair. There are people in the photos too. That's the thing about a book tour. Everybody yeah. has their picture taken with Leon and then post it. So yeah. the hair is important. <laughs> Couldn't be happier, pros. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin. They're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash sisters. So you get your free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash sisters. And pros is spelled P-R-O-S-E, pros.com slash sisters. Thanks, pros. Liz, summer is coming up and you know what that means? It means you're grilling. You're grilling and chilling there with your your butcher box. What what do you got going on the grill this summer? Well, you know, here's the thing. Because I'm going to be up in, in Bend for a part of the summer, yeah. I'm having my box sent there, Leon. That's I mean, great. Go on vacation with your butcher box is what uh, what what I'm recommending. Yeah, either way, you're just gonna buy meat and fish and stuff when you get there. Why do that? Anyway, you I love their steaks. I love their scallops. The scallops are really good. And the chicken thighs, all good. I'm ready. That's right. Butcher Box gives you peace of mind and easy to find high quality meat and seafood you can trust. It's a hundred percent grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken pork that's raised crate-free, and wild-caught seafood, no antibiotics or added hormones. And as Liz said, delivered right to your doorstep. And you can customize that delivery plan, Liz, right? Because it can go wherever you want it to go, whenever you want it to go. If you want to delay it a week, you know, speed it up a week, you just go to your ButcherBox account and you can make that all happen. It's so easy to manage online. Yeah. And if you're like Liz, you can take your ButcherBox on vacation, which is... That's nice. That's nice. Nice to have something familiar there. (laughs) Yes. So if you want to take your meat on vacation, sign up at butcherbox.com slash sisters and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional 20% off. So you can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash sisters and use code sisters to choose your free for a year offer. Plus get $20 off your first order. Thanks, ButcherBox. All right, we're back. This is Leanne. I just wanted to let people know there are a few dates being added to my book tour almost every week, or I'm nailing Downtimes or locations or ticketed or non-ticketed events. I'm grateful for all the questions on this. So the best thing to do is to go to leandolan.com, click on my events page. I'll be spreading it around. It'll be in pep talk and everything like that. But I am trying to update that event calendar as I have information coming in. I will be at the LA Times Festival of Books. I will be on a fantastic panel with a lot of great writers. I cannot announce the panel till March 16th. So tomorrow uh, I can tell you uh, who's on it and who I'm with and when the day and time is, but they've asked us to wait till March 16th. I'm going to be at Romans here in Pasadena. Um, that is on April 6th. Uh, I'm doing a writing workshop in Northern California. There are still a few more slots for that. It's a full day on 
uh, hands-on humor writing workshop. You get a copy of the book. You can show me your work. We can talk about it. If you have writer friends in Northern California, great. That information is on my events page. And then um, I'm happy to see so many Satellite Sisters and Misters are going to be in Corte Madeira. That's the Northern California book signing I'm doing on Sunday, April 10th. So those are the first couple of events for the, the book tour. Um, are you psyched? You must be psyched. Uh, yeah, I, it's, it, I'm psyched. I am psyched. I'm getting Good. psyched now. Yeah. I mean, I, I need to get my act together. Like I need, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm just out of practice, like going out, doing things, going out. I'm, I'm out of eye makeup. I realize I got to get new eye makeup, you know? Oh, wow. Okay. I'm doing a couple of virtual events this week, which will be good practice. You know, I like to really kind of think about what I'm going to say about the book. And I do prepare that material, my book talk. And I haven't really had a chance to do that because I've been writing this other book. So I have the next couple of weeks to really get my act together. Um, but I'm, I am excited. I'm getting good. very excited. Good. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, now it's time for a little entertaining sisters. And I have a movie recommendation, something you've probably been hearing a lot about. The movie is Coda on Apple TV Plus. And you've probably been hearing a lot about it because the uh, actor Troy Kotzer is winning so many of the best supporting actor prizes. And so, so I thought, what is this about? I mean, it was clear that the movie was about a deaf family, but that's all I really knew. So I watched it the other night. Here's the deal. CODA stands for Child of a Deaf, deaf Adult, uh, which I didn't even know that. Did no. you know that? I didn't no. know. No. Um, anyway, so that's what the title means. And the main character is the daughter, Ruby, a teenage daughter. She's the only hearing member in a deaf family in Gloucester, Massachusetts. And she's 17. They're, um, they run a fishing boat. So before school, she works on the boat. She has to sort of be, she's the main way her parents and her brother have with interact, interacting with the community at all, because she's the only hearing member of the family. So you see the kind of pressure that that is in her life and how she deals with that. But then also at school, she believes she can really sing and she joins the high school's choir club. And uh, so there's a touch of glee in here too, because you you get some high school singing. There's a great music teacher character in this. So it's, it's really an uplifting, fun movie. Oh, good. Oh, good. She sort of has a little romance with her duet partner. And then she has to decide whether to go on with her life outside of the family Mm. or stay at home and just always be the person who sort of connects her family to the community. So really interesting, very fun at parts. I can totally see why Troy Kotzer is winning so many Best Supporting Actor prizes. It's a very unusual character. It's warm, uplifting, and funny. I recommend it. Okay, I like the sound of that. It's Apple. Apple. I keep wanting to watch it, then forgetting where it is. It's on. It's Apple Apple TV Plus. Yes. Yes. Maybe get some movie watching done. Um, I'm just normally asleep too early. Like, yeah. That's sad. That's sad. Well, plus, uh, I think if you have any plans to like watch the Oscars or anything, you're going to hear about this movie okay. some more. So I like to get on top of the things that I think are going to be in the news. So Coda. All right. All right. This is not really an entertaining recommendation. It's just something I read in People Magazine. So we put it in this part of the show. Now, <laughs> okay. I, for some reason, started to get People Magazine a couple, like a year ago. I've never subscribed to People. I guess all the other magazines I subscribe to closed. So they just started sending me People and Southern Living. Um, okay. 
it's a it's a weird combination. Uh, but you know, People is a good magazine. I have to say, there are some ethical uh, journalistic standards here. And the cover story a couple of weeks ago was on the model Linda Evangelista. Now, do you remember Linda? She was really one of the original supermodels. Linda yes. and Naomi, mm-hmm. Naomi Gorgeous. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, she was the face of the late 80s, early 90s. She is the model that had that fantastic line. We don't even get out of bed for less than $10,000. Do you remember <laughs> yeah. that? Yeah. Which she later apologized for, but do not apologize for that, Linda. That's one of the greatest lines ever uttered in <laughs> People or any other magazine. Um, so uh, she had that haircut that we all got and looked terrible in, but yeah. she looked great. She looked she great, great in that in haircut. So mm-hmm. here's the thing. She had cool sculpting. She had that, um, you know, uh, non-invasive like fat removal surgery mm-hmm. uh, five or six years ago. And she was one of the 1% of people that had a terrible medical reaction. Uh, And I found the article really moving because it's about how it's about your own image, self-image, what other people see about you. She had a reaction. It has a, it has a name. It's called PHA for short, but it's called paradoxical adipose hyperplasia. So what happened was they the places where they removed the fat, like the remaining fat got all hard. Oh, and that like sounds terrible. Unremovable. So, uh-huh. and you cannot get rid of it. So where she thought she was going to be skinnier or lose some fat, she actually has these hard, uncomfortable bulges. Oh, wow. That sounds if it awful. sounds terrible, it is terrible. And she said at first she thought it was something she was doing. So then she really spun out of control, you know, not eating, trying to diet, trying to lose weight. And when the doctor, when she finally went back and the doctor told her what it was, she just broke down and she was essentially has become an agoraphobic. She's been afraid to leave oh, her dear. apartment that's, for that's five good. years. You know, oh, wow. but, I mean, it's a long time. So the cover of people, she's just started to come out and talk about it. There's some, you know, you can see on the cover, she's got her face on, on her chin because she has one of these bulges on her chin and on her legs. Uh, it just, it was really struck me about women's self-image and aging and what we do and what mm-hmm. that means. And, you know, by all standards, Linda Evangelista would be an absolutely gorgeous woman my age, you know, yeah, yeah. without whatever yeah. she did. But she decided to do what many other people do is have a simple, what looked mm-hmm. like a simple uh, surgery to take care of some spots she couldn't get rid of. And it's just the worst possible thing happened to her. So oh, I think it's God. actually, I don't use the word brave very often because yeah. it's kind of overused. <laughs> I mean, but I admire that she's come out and and talked about it because clearly she's dealing with a lot of emotional fallout from this really bad reaction to this fairly common medical procedure. I thought it was helpful, but it just, it just really makes you think about, well, what would you do for aging? What's worth it? What's not worth it? And you, you don't ever want to think something's going to go wrong. Uh, right. You think these things are, I definitely think, especially something like that, which is non-invasive, you would like what could possibly go wrong? Wow. That's but things go wrong. That's, that's yeah. reason enough for me not to do it because right. I, I'm a scaredy cat. Yeah. yeah something I'm, might go wrong. Yeah. yeah I'm a scaredy yeah. cat too. So uh, that's it. Right. Like, but that's, I'm going to be the one person that can never close their eyes again. If I right. get Botox, right. But, you know, okay. but in her so, case- so you're going to go for crypto, but not cool sculpting. <laughs> yes. That's where we are. On the yes. yes. We have standards here at satellite sisters. <laughs> 
Yeah, she just she says at the end though she's not going to hide anymore. She's good, which is yeah. good. good I mean that feels like she's coming out the other side. So Linda Evangelista, right on. Yeah. I mean, yeah. good to good to see you again on the cover of People. Yeah, there you go. I pick it. I I think we can link to this in the show. I don't know how yes, people. Yes, I think we can. Or okay. or you you can Google it, people. Just <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it's all over. <laughs> good point, Liz. <laughs> okay, we have a couple of exciting things coming up. To the next two weeks, uh, we have new to you shows, which means these are some of our favorites from the past that we want we want to share with you again for specific reasons. So coming up next week, we are going to play the episode, Leanne, where you talk about being diagnosed for colon cancer because, as we've said, March is colon cancer awareness month, right? Yeah. And you know, the episode's not a downer. I recently re-listened to it, you know? Yeah. So that's, it's, yeah. It's about being proactive with your health and that's always a good message. Yeah. Yeah. And what I think the key message in this episode is you tell the story at the beginning that one of your friends just kept bugging you until you got your, um, got your test, got your routine colonoscopy. So I think I think that's the message here too. Like part of the reason we're republishing this episode is so that you can share it with friends of yours who maybe are not taking care of their routine screenings. Go ahead, right. just, just send it right. to them. We, right. we give you permission to bug them by sending them this episode. So that's next week. And then the following week, we're having one of our favorite episodes ever. Uh, the charming and delightful Rico Galliano was on our show during the summer of 2019. He was my co-host on Safe for Work, but he will also be interviewing Leon at your Romans event on April 6th. So um, so that'll be fun. So if you want to get to know Rico a little bit, this is a good episode because we had him on so that Julie slash Urban Nana could give him some unsolicited advice because he was about to have his first child. So right. we, talk, we talked to him in July of 2019. And in September of 2019, they had a baby boy. But Julie, there is some first class urban Nana advice <laughs> in this episode. Thank you, Liz. Thank you, Liz. And Leanne, I, I, I want you to ask Rico how it's going and how some of his sort of pre-kid, uh, uh, you know, conceptions of how it was all going to work versus <laughs> having a child and how it all works. Yes. Love to sure, know. I can tell you this. I've been emailing him to get a headshot for the yeah. Romans marketing stuff. And one response was just like, have toddler, cannot send now. And that was like <laughs> three weeks ago. I finally okay. just took a headshot off the, off okay. the internet. Well, that's good. So, so that will be fun. So that's next week and the week after. Mm-hmm. And then on April 5th, we have a very special show. That's the publication day of Lost and Found in Paris. So we're putting together a We Love Paris show. We're so happy to welcome really one of my heroes, Patricia Wells. She is an American who has lived abroad in Paris and Provence for 40 years. She's considered the foremost authority, American authority on French food. She is a recipe developer, cookbook author, writer, journalist, Friend of everybody, friend of everybody, everybody you love in cooking from Ina to Julia uh, to Marcella. So um, she's an absolute delight. And I'm thrilled that she's going to be on the show. I consider it a huge coup for me personally. So um, and then we'll be sharing some Paris memories and we'll be asking for your Paris memories. So keep checking the Facebook group. That will be a big Paris blowout on April 5th. I can't wait. That's That's going to be such a fun show. Yes. (laughs) 
All right. That's it for today. We want to thank our engineer, Sergio Enriquez. Thank you, Sergio. We appreciate you. Emily, we miss seeing you, but we love seeing your graphics that you send every week. You can follow us on Instagram at Sat Sisters to see Emily's fun work. Um, all right. Our to-do lists. Um, I'm, I'm going to be going on the Wisteria tour of Pasadena. Looking Ooh, forward wow. to that. My friend Andrew is visiting tomorrow from Madrid, Spain. He's literally writing an article on Wisteria. I was Excellent. like, well, that's it. He's coming. We're going to do a West Wisteria tour of Pasadena. So, oh, nice. uh, cause it's in bloom. So looking forward to that. All right, okay. Liz, what do you have? Well, clearly, based on the earlier discussion, I need to stock up on bandages. So <laughs> oh. I will be going to the first aid department at my local Rite Aid and just making sure I'm ready for the oyster shucking uh, <sighs> self lesson. Okay. You might want to get some Irish spring soap too. <laughs> that may help. Okay. For me, my to-do, I have jury duty. Okay. How about that? That oh, sounds wow. so I'm going to do my civic duty next week. Yes. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. Wasn't there some urban legend that if you slept with Irish spring soap in your bed, like it cured leg cramps? <laughs> okay. That sounds like something a leprechaun said. Okay. You know, that's happy. Happy St. Patrick's Day to you. <laughs> Ooh, I do a follow up on that. All right. We're the Satellite Sisters. Hey, sisters, have a good week. Liz, stay safe. Stay okay. safe out there. Okay. okay. You too, Leah. Don't forget, call your Satellite Sister. <laughs>